talking about uh, God's uh, the, the love of God that he has for us. And, and I'm thinking, that's exactly what I'm talking about this morning. I'm actually talking about Jesus saying that, he's gonna, that he would leave the 99 to go after the one. And I'm like, yes, JT, you're on it, you know, awesome. And then we sing this song, See the Light, all right? And, and we this morning couldn't turn the lights off in here. Uh, and I'm thinking, that's perfect also. Good work, JT, for uh, picking out the right songs. Uh, so uh, no, uh, no ambience lighting in here this morning. It's just, it, this is me, you know, in all my glory, okay? Um, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about being here. We're going to continue a series uh, that we have called The Heart of God, all right? And uh, we're in the season of Valentine's, all right, season of love. Um, uh, Valentine's is at near the end of this week. I I'm pretty confident it's on a Friday. Uh, I'm getting some nods from some men in here. Good. Some godly men that know. All right, good. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's a season of love in here. So um, it's a season where, you know, we tend to share our heart with those closest to us. And so this series is about uh, God's heart for you and for me. So a couple of things I want to run through this morning. Uh, we do have, we did start off our small group launch last week. We've never had small groups um, at, at Four Corners. Well, let me say it this way. We've met in smaller groups, but we never kind of stamped the, the small group approval stamp on it, all right, and said, you are now commissioned as a, you know, Four Corners Church small group, all right. We did that for the very first time last week. We have five groups. Uh, two of them already met this past week, which is super cool, but uh, just wanted you to know we're going to have some tables out in the foyer, um, which is right through that uh, uh, curtain right there. Uh, you have to go through it, actually, to leave here. Um, we're going to have some tables just like we did last week. So those of you that weren't here last week, you're here this week, and you're interested in just kind of finding out a little bit more about some of the groups that we have. We have five new groups, all right, and you can check those out uh, out there. You can also um, uh, uh, sign up. You can sign up for them out there, and you can also sign up and kind of see what the groups are online. There's a form if you go to the website, uh, fourhuntsville.com. You can check that out also. Um, next Steps is immediately following. Next Steps is our two-week on-ramp to knowing who our church is, finding out about where, uh, uh, where you are in relation to our church and how you can be involved, how you can know what we're about. Uh, this is our second week. Next Steps is only two weeks long, so uh, we have some graduates in the room already. All right, congratulations, you guys. You know, I, I believe in you. I think we can finish this off, you know, real strong. All right, we have, this is our second week. It, Next Steps includes... Uh, it's both, uh, it includes child care as well as lunch. Uh, if you need child care, it has that too. So those of you that are looking to finish this morning, it's immediately following the same room we were in uh, last time, and we'll finish this morning. Looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Next Steps is every single month, the first two weeks uh, of each month. And so next month in March, we'll do it again. So some of you guys um, have uh, talked to us about being a part of Next Steps and, um, and joining, but you weren't able to do it this month. And so uh, don't worry. It's coming up in a couple weeks. Some of you have, uh, you did week one, but you didn't do week two. So I want you to know, you're more than welcome. You can jump in this morning. You don't even have to tell us. You can just show up, and we'll see you sitting there, and we'll be like, hey, they're here for week two. All right. Last thing is this. Uh, we did uh, partner, we had a partnership with a group called Causely. All right. Causely um, basically partners with nonprofits uh, all over, and what we've done is we uh, what Causely does is they, they connect with churches like ours to help uh, grow kind of the awareness that your church, that there's a new church in the community. Uh, new churches are 
giant opportunities for people who are either far from God, don't know God, maybe are new to an area. It's a, it's a time where they can re-engage with what God's doing. And so we're a brand new church. So what we've done is uh, for every um, uh, engagement on Facebook. So if you check in, uh, those, some of you guys are pretty active uh, social media users, you know, uh, good work, congratulations. I've got an opportunity for you, all right? Every check-in or uh, like a review of the church, and that's odd, but that's kind of the world we're in now. And so you, you get to make reviews about all kinds of things, including church, all right? But every review, every check-in, every comment, every engagement, there's a donation made on uh, the church's behalf toward a monthly nonprofit. So this one is connected to Convoy of Hope. Does a lot of incredible godly work uh, all over the country, actually all over the world. So every two check-ins, you uh, will send a meal. It, it, it um, funds a meal for a child in need. And so we're going to do that. That partnership's ongoing all the time. I'm not going to make that announcement every single Sunday. But I wanted to let you guys know there is uh, that engagement opportunity. All right. So all right, we're going to dig in. Those of you that have uh, your Bibles with you, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18, uh, or you can scroll through on your Bible app on your phone, or you can look up at the screen, all right? And that's a, it's a, it's a big work there. You can actually look at the screen. We'll have the scripture on there for you, all right? Uh, Matthew chapter 18, talking about the heart of God and God's heart for you. Matthew chapter 18, verse 12. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And so Jesus tells a story. Um, actually, he tells three stories in a row um, in the book of Luke that includes this passage of leaving 99 for the one. And he starts off and he tells a story about a woman who lost a coin and she she lost her gold coin. It's very valuable to her. And so when she finds it, she is so excited. She calls all her friends and throws a party. All right? Lost coin, found it. We're partying. All right? Jesus tells another story right after. And he says, there's a man who had uh, um, uh, sheep. He had lost one of his sheep, and he couldn't find it. And uh, he leaves. He finally finds it, brings it back into the fold. He gets so excited. He calls all his friends. Guess what he does? Throws a party. Then right after that, Jesus tells another story about a man who had two sons and one who stayed with cl uh, close by him and another one that left and took his inheritance, his inheritance while his dad was still living. So not much different than it is now than it was then for you to go to your dad and go, hey, dad, I'm looking for my inheritance now. I know you're, I know you're still here, um, but I kind of wish you weren't. So let me go ahead and get what's, what's mine, all right? That's basically what he was saying. And so he leaves. Um, long story short, the son comes home. You guys, a lot of you have heard this story before, the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son comes home, uh, just wants to be a servant. Just say, maybe I can serve. Maybe, maybe I could just serve my family, and it's better than the, than the story that I've lived over, the, over these past years. If I could just, maybe, maybe I can just be in the house. And the father meets him on the side of the road and says, you're not a servant, you're not a slave, you're a son. And so what does the father do? Same thing as the woman that lost the coin. Same thing that the guy that lost the sheep. What does he do? He throws a party. The message of Jesus to you and to me is that we are absolutely invaluable. Absolutely invaluable to him. And so 
uh, the, the, the term doesn't mean not valuable. So just to clarify, uh, invaluable doesn't mean not value. It means uniquely valuable, all right? Uniquely valuable. And so what we're going to talk about, uh, what we talked about last week was the invitation from God to you and to me to be a part of his family. This week we're going to talk about how invaluable you and I are as a part of the mission of Jesus and as part of his family. The, 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 the problem is, the lie is that, that, that a lot of us believe, especially those that have, um, uh, may, well, it really doesn't matter, matter whether you've attended church for a long time or a little bit of time. Maybe this is your first time back in a long time. A lot of us, the thought is, well, I, you know, I'm not really sure it would even matter if I'm there today. Or I'm not even sure it would matter if I'm ever there. And so we kind of mentioned this last week. It's a, it's a, it, it, it may only be 150 feet from the car to the door right here. That's a long 150 feet. There's a lot of thoughts that go through our minds when we start thinking about what all, um, all the excuses, all the reasons, all the things that can go through our mind from the parking lot to the front door of a church. And the, and the lie is that it really doesn't matter that much if I'm there. What, what really do I bring? What, really, what kind of value do I really have? There's, you know, we look across the room and we go, man, yeah, well, that guy over there, man, he, um, <clears throat> he plays an instrument, you know, and he's, uh, you know, he, 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 he can really, he can stand on stage or she can stand on stage and she can, you know, she can play, you know, an instrument or maybe that person over there, he, he teaches or maybe that person over there, they, I see they're so valuable to the church because they do like a lot of stuff. I always see them running around doing things, all right? And so you compare what, uh, uh, what value we think another person holds oftentimes and, 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 and I've done this and even still, surprisingly, still do this, if you're not careful, you can look across the room and you can go, really, what value do I bring compared to this person or that person? And so the lie is that me being there or me showing up or me participating or me being a part, it doesn't really matter. And so the problem with that is, is that it's, it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. And so several weeks ago, we talked about one of the words in Scripture for lie and is also for stronghold. Stronghold. What, what, is a, what does a stronghold do? It's the, it's the whole concept of being, of being um, uh, wrapped up and uh, restricted, constricted from being able to uh, be free. The idea is being chained up and locked up. All right? That's, that's what lies do. They, they lock you up from being free. So if a lie does that, what does the truth do? Jesus said, uh, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So that's, that's what Jesus does. So truth sets free, lies bind up. And so this morning what we want to do is we want to speak against, and what I want to do is I want to speak to that oftentimes that lie um, that we all think about in some context or another. Maybe it's framed in our minds a little bit differently depending on who we are. And depending on what our story has been, everybody has a unique story that is what makes you and I unique to be a part of the church. However, everybody's story is unique. And so I want to, uh, but however that's framed, however that lies framed in us, I want to speak to that this morning. And so uh, if you're taking notes, uh, we've started to put a, a, just some blank pages on there um, uh, for you. If you want to take notes, you totally can. 
Um, I, I don't have like fill in the blank type stuff. I can do that, but I, you know what? I didn't want to restrict you. You know, I wanted to, you know, just keep you, let you be free. So some of you guys are doodlers and y'all just like draw out your notes in picture form. I'm all about that. All right. So be free this morning. <laughs> uh, first one is this, you are invaluable because of whose you are, because of your identity, because of whose you are. I, I don't, I'm not positive that's perfect grammar, but I'm using that this morning. I think it is. You are invaluable because of whose that you are. And so I mentioned Jesus leaving the 99 for one sheep. And, and so uh, I talked about in that same passage, he talks about a sheep, and then he talks about a coin, and then he talks about the son. And so um, you are invaluable because of whose you are. Now, if, if I had, uh, you know, a... a, a um, a, a, a T-shirt. So we have T-shirts. We have Four Corners T-shirts. All right. And if I have a hundred Four Corners T-shirts, I have them in my closet. All right. If, let's say I have a hundred. I, I probably do. Okay. I have a hundred Four Corners T-shirts. All right. And I lose one of them. It doesn't really matter. It, it's, it's not that. It's not that big a deal. It's not that valuable. If I have a, a hundred Four Corners Church, you know, bracelets. We don't have any of those, but we probably should get them. Uh, you know, I don't know. We should get some Four Corners Church bracelets. If I had a hundred of them and I lost one, it probably wouldn't be that big a deal. If I have, um, so I have three kids, and uh, I one of my favorite times is when we get together for dinner. Sometimes it works out really well. All right, we have a good time. Sometimes it's not as awesome. Uh, because we're a real family, all right, and we have real challenges, and so we'll sit down and we'll do dinner, and somebody's getting in trouble, all right, in the greatest, all right. But for the most part, it is one of my favorite times. I like doing, I like getting together and doing family dinner. I've got three little kids, and so it, it, there's five of us. You know, we're sitting at the table if nobody else is with us. And so if I look out and I go, oh, there, there's two of them are here, good. Oh, I don't know where the other one is. Uh, who knows where Juliet is? Uh, but that's okay. Two of the three are here. We're good to go. All right. It, that's, it, it's not going to work, all right? It's not going to work, especially if I don't know where she is, especially if her mom doesn't know where she is, all right? That, that's not happening. Like, we're not, we're not having dinner. Like, nobody's eating. We're going to go find the kid, all right? That is God's heart for you and me. We're not talking about bracelets. We're not talking about T-shirts. We're talking about sons and daughters. Your value is determined by whose you are, not by what you think or what you've decided your value is inherently. The heart of God is for you. It's, it is a lifelong journey of discovering God's heart for you and God's heart for me. It is very, very difficult. There are a lot, a lot of things in our lives that would come against that and tell us that your value is uniquely lower than the person that's beside you or the person that's sitting behind you, or the person that you work with, or the person you go to school with. And those thoughts come in, but you can never know. Um, it's, let me say it this way. It's very difficult to know God's heart for others around you if you don't understand God's heart for you, all right? So uh, the, the, in, the invaluable nature that you carry is because of your identity in Christ. Um, I, I want to show this. I have an illustration. We've got a little, got a little uh, illustration game. We're going we're gonna to go through here, okay? And so you guys are brilliant. Um, uh, I saw this illustration from somebody else, and I stole it because uh, that's what I do. No, I, I, I loved it, and I thought, I'm going to take this. This is really good. Um, and so you guys probably already know a lot of these answers. I didn't know them. They were so awesome. And so I wanted to uh, uh, learn you guys something this morning. Um, 
Uh, so we'll go ahead and go ahead and go. So I'm going to show you a picture of an animal. All right, I want you to tell me what the animal is. Oh, we already have the words on there. Okay, good. Elephant. It's very helpful. Okay. Now I'm going to show you. Uh, so you have an elephant, and then you have a group of elephants. What would a group of ele elephants be called? Anybody know? A herd. All right, let's see if you're right. That's good. Right on. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. You guys are brilliant. Okay, good. Some of y'all really did. You're really like, okay, yeah. Um, okay, so we got another, we got another animal. Uh, let's see if you guys know what that is. Yeah, I'm not going to sing the song. Lion King is so in my head right now. You know, I got little kids. Leave me alone. So lion, a group of lions would be called a pride. <laughs> Saw some of y'all do this. Just put your, it's, okay. Yes, pride. Brilliant. All right. What's that? It's not a leopard. It's a cheetah, I think. Yeah, that's what we have it called on there. Anybody know what a group of cheetahs is called? Anybody know? Cheetahs, plural. No, fail. All right. What, what would be a group of cheetahs? What do we have here? A coalition. Did you guys know that? <clears throat> Amen to that. I didn't make that up. <laughs> I'm getting heckled. That's what you, that's what you give a small church. Oh, okay. Get off the stage. All right. Um, I'm on the floor. All right. Uh, next one. Next one. What do we have here? Donkey. Be careful. We're in church. Uh, what would a group of donkeys be called? <clears throat> it's just silent in here. That was a test. You passed. Good work, godly people. All right, what do we have here? A pace. Did y'all know that? You didn't? Somebody in here did. Somebody in here knew it, but you didn't want to be the guy or the girl that knew all the answers, and so you're just quiet. I know you're in here. I don't know who you are, but I know you're in here because they always exist, and I was not one, but I know you're in here. All right, uh, and so we have, we, have, um, we have two more. So here's one, a crow. Who knows what a group of crows is? Individual is a crow. A group is are birds. Murder. Anybody know? Anybody agree with a murder? That's kind of weird. What do we got here? A murder of crows. That's a real thing. I didn't just make that up. I would have, but I didn't. It was already made up. All right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that wild? Here we go. Last one. It's a vulture. All right. This is, this is for real. Vultures. Anybody know what a, a, a group? So, alone you're a vulture as a group. It is a, that's wild right there, isn't it? A committee. Seriously. That's why we don't have committees at Four Corners Church. <laughs> yeah. So what do you call a person who is submitted to the lordship of Jesus? They are a, a, a Christian or a Christ follower. All right. By themselves, they are a follower of Christ. So what do you call a group of people submitted to the lordship of Jesus? They are, yeah, yeah, it's the church or the body of Christ. The body of Christ. You're, you're, if you're a, if, uh, alone, you are a follower of Christ. Together, you are the body of Christ. Your, your identity actually changes. The identity of who you are as a group uh, is different. You are the body of Christ. So this is what, um, uh, this is um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, continuing in that passage of Scripture, uh, beginning in verse 14. Your identity is, changes but every single part of the body of Christ matters. Every single part. And so Paul puts it this way, and he says, yes, the body, the body of Christ, the body, here he's talking about the human body, has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, 
I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. It doesn't really make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, all right, let's picture that real quick. Paul's being weird, okay? Let's picture the whole body being an eye. All right, there we go. Comic book, you know, picture in your head. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Now, you guys are not laughing at Paul here. I think he was going for some laughter here. You don't have to. I mean, he's not that funny of a guy. But um, he, it's, it's an odd picture. It's an, almost an odd metaphor. However, it's, it's brilliant. So often we think that my part or what I do or who I am doesn't matter. Paul knows we compare like crazy, so he compares the, the eye and the ear. So if, if, you were to, if you were to be a you know, facial part, all right, what, what would you want to be? Who in here really wants to be an ear? That's, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, no, nobody, nobody ever stares lovingly at someone's ear, you know. Just, hey, turn to the side a little bit. Just, you know, no, no, what, what do we do? We look into the, their eyes. We talk about, oh, your, your eyes are beautiful. You, yeah, that's what, and so if, if, you were to, if you were to be one, what do you want to be? You want to, you want to be the eye, yeah. And that's what we do, and this is the picture that Paul's painting for us. And he's going, look, every single part matters. And if we're not careful, when we begin to look across and we begin to see other people part of the body of Christ, make up the part of the body of Christ, we'll look and we'll start to see what we think are the best qualities of that part of the body of Christ. And we don't see our own. And there's a huge danger to that. There really is a danger. It's detrimental to the mission that God has for the part, the part of the body of Christ that you are in. All right? Your contribution matters. So every part matters. Your contribution matters. So verse 22, check this out. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. We go to verse 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So the, the, the parts that others uh, overlook often are the most necessary. And so here's, here's i got a couple examples for you. This is kind of crazy. All right. So here's uh, uh, the hand, the human hand. All right. And uh, if we were picking out fingers and we had to pick what are the most important fingers on the hand, uh, and we say, well, in, in the hand, you got to, you know, uh, some of these fingers get a lot more attention than others. All right? You got the thumb, all right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's so dumb in my head. Yeah, what do you do? You, you, you need your thumb for all kinds of stuff. You're gripping stuff, and then, you, you know, you give people thumbs up or thumbs down, you know, when they've done something poorly. All right? All the thumbs down that you give to people. Uh, you got the index finger, all right? You can, you can point with it, and you can do other things. I don't know. The other one, some of you guys use this more than you need to. Um, uh, then you've got the uh, uh, ring finger. I call it the ring finger, um, all right, because I have a ring on it. And then you have the pinky. Pinky's basically useless in my mind, all right? It is a worthless finger. Who knows what it's for? However, uh, actually, did you know that your pinky carries 50% of your gripping power in your hand? 50%. So, you, so when we look at fingers, we're like, nah, if I'm going to go without one, like if somebody's going to, you know, you come up with this scenario of why you're about to lose a finger, okay? You're, it's some kind of torture thing, you know, somebody said, 
you're shaking your head no. Just stop. Okay. All right. This, <laughs> you're going to lose a finger. <laughs> My wife's looking at me like, don't, don't go there. So you're going to lose a, you're going to lose a, what do you do? I'm thinking, I don't need my pinky. The problem is, is one of the uh, most important fingers that you have, we think, is the least important. All right. What about the, uh, you guys know what a, the uvula is? The, the little thing in the back of your throat? The little, uh, so uh, a long time ago, uh, it was called uh, through, uh, I learned this on Full House, uh, Courage Hangy Ball. All right. It hung back there. All right. That's some, that was a real, uh, that was a, that was a real thing. All right, some of you guys are my age, and you're like, I remember that episode. Stephanie Tanner said that. Okay, so uh, you got this uvula in the back. <laughs> Sorry. The uvula is the thing that's hanging down in the back of your throat. All right, and so you're looking, and, and you're like, that is the most useless thing. Like, I only see it when somebody's yawning or somebody's yelling, and you're like, I don't know what that is, but it looks gross. Okay, so did you know that over your lifetime, the uvula will produce enough saliva to fill two swimming pools. <laughs> okay, which is important for you to be able to speak and, and talk and all, and all this stuff. You, we, we're like, that is, there's no way that has a use. Uh, by God's grace, it does have a use, all right? So there's all kinds of stuff, part of the body where we're like, this is odd and weird and useless, and somehow God's arranged it uh, to be different than that. All right, And what Paul's saying is this, is he goes, oftentimes the, the, the parts of the body that we think are the least important actually carry the most, a lot of the most weight. They carry the, the, the most weight. So you, you, you may be, in the body of Christ, this uh, invisible prayer warrior. Nobody sees. Um, every once in a while somebody may notice and hear, well, well he prays or she prays. Or, you, you, may, you may spend this amazing amount of time with God interceding for those who are far from him, those that are in this city that haven't felt God's presence in a long, long time, maybe ever. You, you've spent so much private time interceding, and so much of the success that we see from what God is doing um, in this city Actually, the, the, the public success actually comes from your private devotion. But so many people are never going to see that because, because the, the gifts that are often seen are the ones that are you know, most up front. But the most important, Scripture says, often are the ones that, that people don't see. There's so many, there's so many examples of that. Here's the, um, here's the truth. Uh, here's our second truth. You are invaluable not just because of whose you are or your identity, but because of who you are, your gifts, your unique expression. You're important not just because of your identity, uh, but because you have gifts. The church is incomplete without your contribution, without you in it, without you. you it sounds crazy, but you, you actually are a gift from God, you. You are a gift. You can like, you, you like, you know, tell somebody in your family, be like, I'm God's gift to this family. No, you actually are a gift from God. You are. I, one of the first next steps that we did, one of my, just, it, it, I'll never forget it. One of the first next steps that we did, uh, we talk about the story um, of where uh, this church came from, the idea of where it came from. We also talk about how people, our goal is to be able to, for people to see their part of the body of Christ, the contribution that each person has as a part of the body. It's, it's so easy 
for us, especially as Americans, to individualize everything that we, that we think of in regards to spirituality. Because if you've, if you've grown up, in, uh, especially in the South, and you've gone to church a few times, oftentimes you hear about, have you um, accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? That, that is absolutely vitally important. Oftentimes, all we hear about is your personal relationship with Jesus, with your personal Lord and Savior. Personally, have you spent personal time with him? Personal, personal, personal. And we spend a lot of time on the personal and a lot of less time, not enough time, talking about the body of Christ coming together. Remember, remember how our identity almost changes as we pull together and use the gifts that God has given each one of us. No, no person... Um, completely carries all the gifts of Jesus within themselves alone. That's why we need so many others around us. I think it takes, I think it takes more than one. I think it takes four or five people to be, to make up a really good Jesus. <laughs> I think you need, I think you need a group of people. I, th- I mean, and you guys know that some of you, some of you guys have some really strong strengths and, and, and some of these other weaknesses you're kind of hiding. You're like, oh, I don't, I need to kind of keep those down over here. Well, that's Okay. Because there's somebody else in the room that has the strengths um, to offset those weaknesses that God put there. And so one of my favorite stories, we were doing Next Steps. Uh, we were talking about the gifts uh, that God uh, put in us. And so we handed out a couple assessments. All right. It was almost like homework. And um, some, I just put, I just turned y'all off, some of y'all, the Next Steps. You're like, I'm never going. I'm not doing homework. You're insane. I'll show up sometimes on Sunday morning. I'm not going to go to Next Steps. It's, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, you just learn more about you. And one of the assessments is a spiritual gifts assessment. And it is, just says, um, you fill out some, uh, some of this paperwork and you say, I've got, um, uh, uh, you're going to measure on there and kind of try to discover what uniquenesses God has put in you. And so after that session, we didn't teach on it. I just said, hey, I want you guys to fill out these assessments and then come back and we're going to talk about the gifts that God's put in you. Well, I had somebody come up to me right after and they said, they, they said uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. This was, I think this was our very first Next Steps. I mean, we were just, church was a couple weeks old. I'm so excited. And they said, and, and with, with tears in their eyes, and uh, they said, I'm so excited. And I'm like, I, I'm so excited too what are you excited about? <laughs> and so with tears in their eyes, they looked and they said, guess, they said, well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm 67 years old and I've never, I just never knew that Jesus had gifts for me that I could use. I didn't know that. Well, well, they had tears and now I have tears. All right. And I'm looking at them going, they go, I just can't wait to find out what God has put in me. And I went, oh my God. How incredible. How, how awesome. And so um, from then on, uh, regularly for the past four months, sometimes it feels longer. Sometimes we've been, it feels like we've done this for like a year now. Um, for, for not like that would be a long time. So for the past four months, so this person regularly comes up to me and they go, they go, hey, Pastor Joel, I just wanted you to know I'm praying for you. And Lindsay, I pray for you every day, and I want you to know these things. And they just encourage me. I, I don't know about you. I can, I can tell you this, uh, honestly, from me, that it is moments like that and words like that and encouragement like that that drives me week in and week out. 
You want to talk about a gift of the body of Christ? The gift of encouragement? The gift of prayer? People that pray? There is, there is almost, in my mind, nothing more invaluable than that. In fact, we, one of our core values, we put on a big banner out there, is encouragement is our voice. Like we stuck it out there. I was like, by God, it's going to be a value. <laughs> We're going to encourage people. And so it, I, I can't tell you how big of a deal that is to me. I take up the majority of the space in the room just because I'm standing up here and I have a microphone. And I'm here to tell you that just because I have a microphone and I'm standing in front of you doesn't mean that my gift or the calling that God has put on me and Lindsay is more important than your calling that God has called you to for this church. In fact, I'll tell you, it, it's not more important. It is just a part. God's given you heart. He's given me a part. And each of you carries a unique expression of what that is. You are capable of doing what God's called you to do. Check this out. Jesus can't do on earth what he wants without you. He actually can't do what he wants on earth without you. It is, it is, um, it's a, it's a phrase, I think C.S. Lewis called it, the, it's, it's, a, it's an odd phrase, I'll explain it to you. He calls it the dignity of causality. And basically what it means is you are given such dignity and our, I am given such dignity by God that he has set his will and what he wants done and he's put it on you and on me and he's saying, I'll tell you what, if you pray about it, there are things that I want done, but I can't do it until you pray about it. There are things that I want done. That I want done. There, there are people that I want to love. There's joy that I want to express in this community. There's peace that I want to bring. The shalom, the peace of God in this community that I want to bring. And he's, I, I can't do it unless unless you are engaging. Jesus, um, uh, the um, the work of God requires a body. So Jesus was here. He did amazing things. If Jesus came in the room right now, we would it would it would be unbelievable. It, it would be it would be absolutely it, it'd be awesome. I mean, we'd all just turn around, and we'd fall down, and we'd be like, "This, you know, Jesus is here." Uh, but he's not. He's, he he didn't walk in the room. Instead, um, he went back up to heaven, and then he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of you and inside of me. And so you and I carry the presence of Jesus everywhere that we go. We ca we carry God's presence everywhere everywhere that we go. And so what God wants done can't be done without you and me engaging with him and engaging with the other parts of the body so that we can share Jesus's love and mission across this city, across this state, and across this world. He, he actually needs you and he needs me. We have a lot of excuses. You know, I, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I don't know enough to be able to do anything really big for God. What I would say is this, a couple things. One is um, uh, none of us know enough. None of us know enough. In, in fact, they accused the disciples when they were out there doing all these miracles after Jesus left, they're doing all these miracles and they're teaching people and they're going, what's the deal? These disciples, they're, they're, they shouldn't be doing this. They are unlearned, unschooled. Actually, the word there is, in the Greek is uh, the Greek word for idiot. They're idiots. They shouldn't be out there. The disciples of Jesus shouldn't be doing this. 
They're, they're idiots. How are they accomplishing all this? Well, they knew enough because God equipped them. The other one, the other thing is this, is that's why we're here. We're going to help you know enough. We're going to help you know enough so that you can engage in what God's doing. And together, we're going to be on mission for us, for our church's unique expression. It is to reveal the nearness of Jesus to those who feel far from him and to help them take their next step. That's what, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're doing. So you're, you're um, you know, maybe your excuse is, well, you don't know my past. I know some things, uh, but the truth is, is you don't know my past. You don't know where I came from. Your past, when submitted to God, actually prepares you for his mission. When you, when you turn that back into, when you return that back to him and you go, God, I don't know, I don't know how you can do anything with this. I don't know how, I've not lived for you. I've strayed far from you. I have done this. I can, you can list all the things for him. He knows them. <laughs> he knows them. But you confess those to him and you go, God, if you could do anything, I tell you what, I submit myself to you. If you can do anything with it, he'll go, yes, I actually can. I actually can. I can do greater things through you by the Holy Spirit than you could ever imagine. That is the miracle of what God's uh, work can accomplish. We don't have really any good excuses. And so if no single individual church can accomplish everything that God wants to do in a community, and if we take on a unique identity as a group, the body of Christ, then God must be constructing a unique expression at Four Corners Church. And if he's constructing a unique expression of his church at Four Corners, then he must have a unique calling for this local church that only Four Corners Church can accomplish. And if there's a unique expression for Four Corners Church and a unique calling that only we can accomplish, then that begs the question, what would be possible with God if everyone stood up to do what only they could do? We've done some pretty awesome, fun things in the past four months. So several months ago, we took about six people together. We gathered them together at the table, and we said, at my house, and we said, hey, let's, let's plant a church. Let's plant a, let's plant a church. We put a team together, and we had about uh, 45 of us or so. We got together and said, let's, let's start. So four months ago, we started Four Corners Church. We had about 200 friends and families and uh, family and, and, and strangers, you know, show up. They all came to celebrate the our birthday four months ago. Uh, we started doing Next Steps, which is on-ramp for people to be able to be a part of what we're doing. We've had, we had 40 people come through in four months to be a part of uh, Four Corners Church. It's pretty cool. Last week, we started um, five new life groups, uh, small groups. They're full of life. <laughs> five new small groups. All right. Uh, two of them already met. One was supposed to meet like in two weeks, but everybody got too excited. They're like, no, 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 we're meeting tomorrow. And, I, and they were like, is that okay? And I was like, you, you do, go, be with, go with God. <laughs> All right. We had 61 people sign up for, sm for five small groups last week. That's pretty crazy. Um, there, there are a lot of people that are here this morning that weren't here last week. I want you to know you're, you're absolutely invited. That was the message last week. You're invited. Um, and this week you are absolutely invaluable. In four short months, we've helped lay the groundwork, the, the trellis for what God wants to do, accomplish in this city. Not just alone, but with others. But you guys know what a trellis is. The, 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 it's, a, it's a framework for, for vines to be able to grow up. If, without it, they just grow down on the ground and it'll die. But with it, 
God accomplishes more than we could ever imagine. If you would this morning, if you would close your eyes, I want to pray for you. Um, I don't know what part of the body of Christ our church is. I, I don't know if our church here in Huntsville is an arm or a foot or a pinky, an eye. I, I, don't, I don't know what that part is. I do know that it is absolutely vitally important to what God wants done here. I know that what God wants done in this city can't be done without you and it can't be done without this church. Too many of us believe that the lie would matter if we weren't here. So I want to pray for you this morning. Earlier when I talked about being a son or a daughter of God, maybe you're in here and you're, and you're going, I, I don't know. You talked about being a, a child of God. I, Joel, if I'm honest, I don't know that I really am. Uh, we, but I want to be. Would you pray for me? If that's you in here and you go, Joel, I just want you to pray for me. I, I'm not going to embarrass you. I don't want you to, you're not going to walk up here. I'm not going to have you stand up, you know, do anything, except if you just want to lift your hand, and then you can put it right back down and show it to, to God and me. If that's you in here, you just go, I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter of God. Yeah. If you're in here, I want to pray for you. Um, you Maybe you go, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really struggling with what that unique expression is in me. You say I'm a part of the body of Christ, but I don't, I don't even know where, where I would start. I don't even know what that means. I don't know, I don't know my place. If that's you in here, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come up, but I'm just going to pray for you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real high and then you put it right back down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Father, this space, this time, these people, God, we are yours and we submit all that we have and all that we are to you this morning. God, I'm so grateful that you have chosen a unique expression for this church and for these individuals in this room. So God, I pray that you would empower us. I thank you that you have empowered us to accomplish your work. And now I pray that you would give us wisdom to discover and uncover all that it is, God, that you have called us to do. Our, our divine design, our purpose created before, actually before the foundation of the earth. We want to walk in that. God, empower these people that are here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm so happy to see all your faces today. Um, you should have received a bulletin.